Greetings, New Hope family. From uh, a position I hoped that we would not be in again uh, during the pandemic, where we're having to have our weekly teaching time uh, electronically, but uh, that's apparently the way it will need to be for the next two weeks at least as we take a break from in-person services uh, due to a rise in uh, COVID uh, cases within our congregation and also the increasing number uh, in our area as well. Uh, again, if uh, everything goes according to plan, uh, we'll be meeting uh, together in person again for worship on Sunday, November 29th. Uh, where the elders will be examining our, our situation in a week or so, and, and we'll let everyone know if there's any change from that plan. Uh, but please uh, don't miss this opportunity to take time to reach out to one another and encourage one another uh, as we are uh, being uh, put in a position where we're not going to be able to see each other face-to-face -face for a couple of weeks. Uh, let's make sure that we are faithful to reach out to one another uh, via the phone or, or some other way to get in touch with each other, uh, email, uh, FaceTime, whatever you do. Uh, but make sure you take the top, uh, the opportunity to prioritize reaching out and encouraging others in the church. Um, we do have a couple of folks that have not been able to be with us at all uh, since way back in March uh, because of uh, being um, in a higher risk category. So I would always encourage you to take time to reach out to them as well. Um, Faye Lehman comes to mind, also Joel Martin or two. Um, that have had their ability to be with us limited um, pretty significantly uh, over the past, uh, well, uh, 11 months almost. So uh, be sure you're taking the time to reach out to them as well. So let's, uh, let's care well for one another during this time. Uh, this is a challenge, but it too will pass. Um, uh, also keep in mind, uh, please be mindful in praying for uh, Christine Volgaris and her family. Uh, as you know, Christine's father passed away last week, and um, it's a very challenging time for them. So please be in prayer for Christine and for Ted and for the rest of the family as they grieve. Um, also, it's a great opportunity to reach out to them as well. Um, Today we are going to uh, continue our study in the Gospel of John. Uh, had we met uh, together in person today, we would have also heard from two of our missionaries, Michael and Jenny Guy. Uh, we are working to reschedule uh, an opportunity uh, with them in the near future to get an update on their ministry. Uh, and so I was already planning on a little bit of a shorter uh, message uh, for today, and uh, due to Myself being one of the um, the people that have been uh, infected with COVID, uh, honestly, I really don't have a, a whole lot of stamina anyway. So uh, it is this is going to be a, a shorter one, no matter what. Uh, praying for a little more stamina for next week's message as we begin to move into John chapter three. Uh, but today we're going to focus on John chapter two, verses twenty-three through twenty-five. So I'm going to read those and we'll pray and dive right in. <clears throat> now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. <clears throat> Let's pray. 
Lord, we thank you uh, for this day. We thank you for your word. We pray for your help. Um, Lord, you know the limitations that we face when we uh, have to do things electronically like this. But Lord, we thank you that uh, your word is true no matter what format we are hearing it in and your spirit as a, is at work uh, as your word is proclaimed to your people. And so we pray for open hearts and minds to the truth. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that... Uh, this passage would both be uh, sobering to us and also uh, the source of great comfort as we uh, consider uh, the extent, Lord Jesus, of your knowledge uh, and also of your faithfulness. Uh, Lord, I pray for strength and uh, energy. And Lord, I pray for my dear brothers and sisters as they watch this, uh, Lord, whenever that may be, that... Uh, in spite of any distractions or other things that may arise, Lord, that you would uh, allow them to see you in your glory and to draw near to you in faith. Um, help us, we pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this trial and for uh, the unique doors of opportunity that it opens to us um, uh, in our care for others. Uh, Lord, we pray for those in the church who are sick right now, uh, whether it be with COVID or, or anything else, Lord, that uh, you would strengthen bodies and uh, increase joy even in the midst of trial. Help us, Lord, to, to love you and to love one another well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, as we find ourselves here in John chapter 2, it's probably a good idea just for uh, 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 a quick uh dose of context. So if you have not been with us and you've missed the last couple of messages, you have an idea of where we are in the Gospel of John. Now, one of the things that we learned as we were in John chapter 1 is that oftentimes people view John chapter 1 as being the prelude to the book. In it, John introduces us to Jesus, the Son of God, the Word became flesh, who has existed eternally, who created the world, who took on flesh in order to uh, redeem a people for God's own possession. Um, after that, in John chapter 1, uh, John the Apostle begins to give us the testimony of other people concerning the identity of Jesus. Um, we saw the testimony of John the Baptist. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We saw the, the, the testimony of the early uh, disciples, uh, those that were called first, uh, uh, as they recognized Jesus as the Messiah, the, the Son of God. Uh, and, and, and so John is, is really building up our anticipation for what we're going to experience in our study of his gospel. And in chapter 2, we, we really begin to see Jesus' public ministry uh, uh, taking off. Uh, chapter 2 begins with uh, Jesus turning uh, the water into wine at the wedding in Cana. And uh, if you remember uh, from our time uh, in that passage, um, we, we saw how that miracle really was a, a foretaste of, uh, of the great joy and abundance that, uh, that, that the kingdom that Jesus ushers in uh, will produce for the people of God. And so it's a, it's a, it's a miracle uh, that, that, that's a foretaste, and it's also it's one that is designed to raise our level of expectation for who Jesus is and, and what he's going to accomplish 
last week we considered uh, the, the, the next sign in John chapter 2, Jesus cleansing the temple. And this uh, powerful act of authority, he, he, he enters into Jerusalem and, and he, he reveals that uh, the worship of, uh, of the Jews at that time was not honoring to God. For, for him to go in and to, and to totally drive out the money changers and the animals themselves uh, was making a powerful statement about God's attitude towards the worship of the people. And we learned from that, that uh, not only uh, does Jesus uh, show us that, that, that how we worship matters to God, uh, uh, Jesus himself proclaims that, that he's going to provide a new temple uh, uh, in which or through which we worship God, and that temple would be his very own body. Uh, and so, things are, are taking off in Jesus' public ministry. The expectations are really being raised to, to a high level. And, and here in verses uh, 23 through 25 of chapter 2, um, we, we see that, that the people are starting to respond to what they see in Jesus. Um, these three verses can also really be seen as a link into uh, chapter 3, and I'll highlight that a little bit later as, as Jesus talks about knowing what is in the, uh, or John talks about Jesus knowing what was in the heart of man. Um, he, he leads right into Jesus' encounter with Nicodemus, who, um, who was a teacher of Israel, um, but, but his very own, underst his own understanding of who Jesus was, was, was skewed. And, and he, he did not understand even some of the basic truths that Jesus came to, uh, to manifest for the people. And, and so, um, these three verses are, are, are vital in, in both raising our expectation for what we see, uh, with Jesus encounter and with uh, Nicodemus, but also in, in helping us get a greater appreciation for the greatness of who Jesus is himself. Um, <clears throat> as we uh, consider the section of John chapter 2, it's important that we uh, remind ourselves yet again of the purpose of John's gospel. Uh, early on when we began this study of John's gospel, I, I directed us to John chapter 20 verses 30 and 31, which really uh, really contain uh, John's purpose statement for uh, writing this gospel. And so let me read that to you again just by way of reminder. John chapter 20, beginning at verse 30. John writes, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So, so, so John's purpose for writing the book was to... to was to record everything in such a way that, that when the evidence was laid out in front of his audience, uh, they would see who Jesus is and what he has done. Uh, but not only that, but they would believe that, that Jesus is indeed the Son of God, the, the one sent to redeem the people, to, to reconcile God and man through his life, death, and resurrection. And, and through that faith, receive eternal life. Um, John hints at that even in chapter 1, verses 10 through 13. He writes, he says, John, uh, Jesus was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came into his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, 
but of God. And so as we consider these verses, we begin to see that, okay, well, some of what John alludes to in chapter 1, we see beginning to be fleshed out here in chapter 2. And in verse 23 of chapter 2, John points out that while Jesus was there for the Passover feast, remember that's what was going on when he came into town and cleansed the temple. So he's still in town. <clears throat> it says many believed in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. So, so the only Jesus didn't just do the one sign of cleansing the temple. Apparently, during his time there in Jerusalem, he performed other signs, and and so there were those that were seeing it and and who were believing in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. Well, that seems good, right? That kind of fits into to the purpose that we see of, of the Gospel of John, both in chapter 20 and also again earlier in chapter 1. These things are written so that they may believe. But we also see in this passage that their belief wasn't enough. There, there, there was something lacking in that belief. Well, Sam, why do you say that? Well, if you look at verse 24, it says that Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and no one needed to bear witness to him about man for he himself knew what was in man. That They were believing, but they were believing in the signs, not, not, not in the message that he proclaimed. And the signs were not enough. The signs revealed that, that, that Jesus certainly was, was like no one else, but, but their faith did not go all the way to the point to acknowledging who he was as the Messiah. You see, brothers and sisters, conversion is more than simply enthusiasm. Conversion involves genuine faith, faith that is dependent upon Christ in his faith fullness, not just in his ability to turn water into wine or his authority to, to drive money changers out of a, tem- out of a temple, uh, not even his ability to raise the dead, but believing in what those signs pointed to. And that's a key point of where we are here in the Gospel of John. As Jesus's fame grows, it's essential that, that people realize that, that there's more to Jesus than simply what he is doing for them or in their presence. Well, we see this later when Jesus feeds the 5,000. People want to make him king, not because they thought he was the son of God, but because he filled their bellies. And so there's more to, to saving faith than, than simply believing in signs or being enthusiastic about signs. And that's a good reminder for us as well in this day and age when we are so driven driven by emotionalism. Make me feel something, right? Get a reaction out of me emotionally and, and then I'm really going to respond. I want to hear more of what you have to say. Well, that's really not the point. The, the, the point is, is recognizing who Jesus is and responding to that reality. Saving faith is, is more than, than, than simply feeling guilty about our sins. Saving faith is more than, than, than simply feeling joy when we confess our sins and have that promise of forgiveness. So that's, those are parts of it. 
But, but saving faith is a total dependence upon the actions of Jesus Christ in order to restore us to God. And not only that, saving faith is a growing affection in our own hearts and minds towards the God who saves us. Why? Well, the purpose of the gospel isn't simply so that we don't go to hell. I mean, that's a great benefit, don't get me wrong. But the purpose of the gospel is that we are reconciled to God. And since that is the case, we must have some desire for the God to whom Jesus restores us. That makes sense, right? Sure it does. We, 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 we need to have an affection, a growing love for the God who saves us. And so Jesus sees what's going on here. And because he knows their hearts, he does not entrust himself to them. Because he knew all people. In verse 25, needed no one to bear witness about man. For he himself knew what was in man. Well, what's in man? Why, 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 would, why would there be such a, a, a negative picture painted about the heart of man? Well, the Bible has a lot to say about the heart of man. And, and I just want to read a couple of passages to you uh, uh, that, that speak to that. The first one is Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 and 10. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick, who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind and give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. You see, Jesus knows the heart of man. He knows that the heart of man is darkened by sin. We're corrupt. In fact, that's why we need a, a new heart and a new mind when, when, when we respond in faith to the gospel. We're given that so that we can believe. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 18. The Apostle Paul writes, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. That's a very poisonous snake. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. When it comes to the depravity of man, and by depravity I mean the extent and the effects of sin in our lives, it is so much worse than we think. And, and you know, we, we are often guilty of, uh, of trying to uh, paint ourselves in, in the best light when, when it comes to trying to justify ourselves, uh, especially when we're guilty of things that we've done wrong. Um, but we, we cannot lose sight of the fact that that Jesus is not fooled by any of that. He, he sees us for who we are. There, there's, there, there's not going to be a time when we stand before God where we are able to smooth talk our way out of, uh, of the wrong that we have done. Um, 
you know, for the believer, we, we don't have to worry about that. Jesus has already uh, borne the punishment that we deserve so that we could be restored to God forever. That is great news. But, uh, but, but the wisest and, and slick, most smooth-talking unbeliever is not going to stand before the judgment seat of God and, and be able to give a, a, a worthy defense for why he or she lived their lives in total rebellion against God. You simply can't do it. Everything is laid bare before God. And that's frightening. You know, when you think about it, uh, when uh, those times when we fail, when we sin, when, when even as believers we, we reject God's truth and embrace our, our sinful desires, um, <clears throat> you know, Jesus isn't surprised by that. He, he sees it in all of its ugliness, and, and that's humbling, uh, but there is also a, a very encouraging side to that coin, and that is this, that Jesus sees us, he knows us, and he loves us anyway. We, we don't cease being redeemed in our failures as believers. We, we, we remain in the love of Christ. Jesus had no illusion when he went to the cross that everybody who believed would magically stop sinning uh, after we came to faith in him. He knew that the, the price that he had to pay was, had to be comprehensive. It had to cover all our sins, our sins before we believed, our, our sins as believers now, and the sins that we've yet to commit. And, and this doesn't set us free to, to live lives of rebellion against him as believers, and it, it should motivate us to want to, to sin less and, and to live for his glory. But he knows what's in our hearts, good, bad, and very ugly, and he loves us anyway. And I hope that you will be encouraged by that, uh, especially in this time of, of the pandemic, because as I alluded to before, there, there are many folks that are struggling right now. We're, uh, some of us are isolated, and, and uh, we, we don't have outlets that are, give, give us the opportunity to engage with others and, and be encouraged by others. And so... A lot of folks are, are really battling depression right now. And if that's you, uh, let me just encourage you with the reminder that Jesus sees you as you are. He, he sees you right now in your despair. And he loves you. And he loves you. Don't, don't, don't believe the lies that your mind is telling yourself right now. Don't, 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 don't believe uh, even the lies that the world may be telling you right now. Cling to the one who gave his life to redeem you. He sees you in your weakness and he does not condemn you because he has already paid the price to reconcile you to himself and to the Father forever. So be encouraged, brother. Be encouraged, sister. Even in your time of need, he sees you and he loves you. He knows what's in your heart and he paid the price to redeem you. That is great news. I hope, I hope everyone is encouraged by that today. Next week, Lord willing, I'll begin um, uh, what may end up being a, a two-part uh, series of, on Jesus' encounter with Nicodemus. But this really does set the table um, says he himself knew what was in man. And then you'll see in chapter 3 that, that John begins right up. There was a man named Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees. And um, 
Jesus' encounter with him is very telling because we see this truth fleshed out further in, in Jesus' interaction with Nicodemus and, and his lack of understanding. Jesus knew what was going on there. And, and we're going to see that fleshed out, and we'll see it again with Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman in chapter 4. And so uh, this is another one of those themes that pick up in the Gospel of John. And, and so hopefully you are encouraged and, and, and expectant as we prepare ourselves for what comes next in the Gospel of John. But I'm going to, to stop there for now. Uh, again, I, I, I thank you, those who have uh, endured this far. Uh, please be faithful to pray for and encourage one another. Uh, please continue to build one another up. Uh, and don't stop being in awe of the God who loves you and saves you and you're the Savior who knows you, who knows what's in your heart, who loves you, who, who, who is honored by your efforts to honor him, even, even though they may seem to fall short um, in this life. Jesus sees and he knows and he loves us. Praise God for that. Praise Jesus for that. Thank you. If you have any needs at all, please contact the church. Uh, reach out to one of the elders. You can you can call the church line here, and I'd be happy to talk with you. Um, but uh, I, I have no doubt that this is one more thing that Jesus is using to build his church. So bless you.